dot was hanging out at tops in the benzo freestyling to them chronic instrumentals no pens and pencils i was out there blood like a minstrel with a backwood clenched between my dentals way back when when we was outside with the endo hot box rentals in front of what's up we are back in the break room man me charles carter third right across from me you know who it is evan schumar man my boy and so we are back for episode 26 vingt they say spanish speakers you got us on the french Vancis. yeah so we are back man breaks over we had to take a break last week because you know i got exposed to somebody who had covid so i wanted to keep my boy safe from that good look yeah of course man so now we're back with a hurt you know we it wasn't supposed to be an episode this week because we thought it was gonna be a hurricane that didn't even come through like it was supposed to so yeah hey, there wasn't really nothing out here on the, on the southwest side it was really just easy breezy i mean really? like a little storm like bro no flooding not even in the comp my apartment complex mm. or nothing like out here i saw that uh lance had tweeted something this morning saying that the gallery area is perfectly fine and everything so hey it seems like you know houston for once weathered, weathered through the storm that's what's up man because you know houston is terrible for flooding so but like hold on did it swing or like this swing right to louisiana again or yeah, I think it was like pushing up like a little northeast. Northeast? Yeah. Oh, well, hey, prayers out for people in that area, man. I know Louisiana's actually still recovering from, uh, was it Ida? Or what was it? What was it? I forgot what the Ida, Ida, something Ida, like that. Yeah, I know like that it's got smoked by one, so hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> prayers up for them people, yes, for all everybody in that area. I actually got a cousin that stays out there in New Orleans, and she's like still didn't have power and water and all that, so yeah. Man. Yeah. So, uh, but she, they was, she was able to get out, out to Houston, so. The roads, at least, are clear enough for people to drive, you know, so. Oh, that's good, man, because, hey, that's that's just horrible, bro. They're back-to-back like this, man. Louisiana cannot catch a break. At all. But you know who caught a break this Sunday? Now we're talking about breaks. The Houston Texans. Man, the Texans, man, they actually got them a dub. You know, but hold on, pause. I thought they would win. Yeah. I think you did, too. Yeah, yeah. I figured that, if anything, they would win this game and then probably lose the rest of the games of the season worse from the worst. Yeah. But, like, um, they... They came out, handled business. They went against a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. And they balled. They they did they, they did what they came to do. They handled business. They they took care of uh, everything they had to. They won in the tur- turnover department, which is huge. Yeah. They won in toxic plays, which is something I'm gonna start keeping track of. It's about big plays and turnover battles. How that goes. So yeah, the Texans were plus three on that as well. So hey, a dub's a dub. A dub is a dub. And you know, speaking of the dubs and like. People trying to short him like, oh, it's the Jaguars. No, it's the Texans. You know, how big is that lead? You know, how big of a win is that for a team that was some people predict the Jaguars to win and some people predict the Texans to win. But they was like, oh, the Texans did win. It wouldn't really count for that much just because it's the Jaguars. You got Trevor Lawrence, rookie QB, and like you said, Urban Meyer, uh, rookie head coach. And that's kind of funny. You know what's funny about Jacksonville? What? I know you heard about the USC news, the job offer with Urban Meyer. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? But his face, he was like, oh, here we go with this crap. No, there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> if if they're terrible this season, do you think? I mean, because colleges can. I'm going to say no, nah, because an NFL team is not a college program. And it is might not. take more than a year to turn it around. And I am i don't know what his contract is looking like, but I'm sure it's probably very handsome mm. and wouldn't be something that, like, why would he stepped away from college football twice already? Mm. Why would he go back again? That doesn't make sense because, like, he only came back now. This time he said it's because it was an NFL job. Mm. So I I can't see him going to USC. Okay. I just wanted to throw it out there just because, like, you know, in college you probably can have a longer tenure than in the NFL because NFL, everybody's on the hot seat 
all the time unless you like somebody who like Bill Belichick or Mike Tomlin or those caliber of coaches. If the Jaguars gave Blake Bortles his whole time under his rookie contract to figure it out, they'll probably give Urban Meyer at at least two or three years. (laughs) Where is Blake Bortles? I know he was back. He backed up for like one other team. He was a backup on the Rams last year. I'm not sure where he went now. Where are they now? We need like a full episode of where are they now for like the NFL and NBA stars. He he plays for the same team I do, the crib. Huh. Hmm. What? Yeah, that is damn. Wasn't he like a top three pick? He, like, he was a third overall pick, yep. He was a third overall pick. 29 years old, playing at the crib. Whoo. Yikes. Who do you think is on his fantasy team? <laughs> is he playing? Hey, I, I hope he had Amari Cooper. Yeah. Or yeah. Debo Samuel or, you know, some somebody. Elijah Mitchell. Maybe, maybe, maybe he had the sleeper, Elijah Mitchell. <laughs> Who, you had both of them on your fantasy team. Huh, well, I'm talking about Amari Cooper. You know? Yeah, I have Amari Cooper and Tyreek Hill as my, my two receivers. Shit. Yeah. You balled. Oh, yes, we did. You balled. Oh, yes, we did. <laughs> what'd, you, hold on, what'd you think about that game? Well, starting off with the Cowboys, the first game of the season. So, the yeah. Cowboys and Tampa. Hey, I thought it was a great game. Like, it was just so fun. It was, it like, was. very energetic. I had uh, my one of my best friends over. Um, he was a Cowboys fan. Had like I had my whole group of friends over, really, to be honest. And, you know, we was watching the game. So, you know, there was a lot of jawing back and forth, a lot of analyzing what's going on. It was it was a great time for me. I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was just so glad football's back, bro. Oh, side note, yeah, we had a uh, our Twitter room for the first game of the season. We did open up a room on Twitter. Yes, um, we did, and it was very very fun. Facts. Follow me at three dot the last underscore king and my boy Evan at Evan Schumar TV. Hey, y- y'all come join us next time. I think we're going to do this uh, for. You want to do every Texans game? We can. Now, yeah, we can definitely do every Texans. Yeah, game. maybe if y'all want to, if if y'all vibing with it, we can do like Sunday night football, like Monday night football, Thursday night, something like that. We'll, we'll figure something we'll out figure with y'all. Out. But yeah, we had some uh, people come through, met some new people. You know, one of my friends, some people that follow him, came in there. You know, we mm-hmm. had some bodies up in there. We wasn't just talking about that game. We was talking about the whole NFL. We oh, was talking NFL, about all yeah. that. So hey, yeah, come out there, bro. That's a great time. It's live. You know, you get to talk with us. So hey, great interaction. Absolutely, man. That was really a lot of fun, man. We had a lot of. We had even. A couple Cowboys fans thinking like this was their year. When that your boy, uh, yeah, yeah, my boy Spence. <laughs> yeah, but um, I really like the Tampa and Cowboys game. Like, I see. Okay, I thought that Dallas going to get thrashed, honestly, but they performed how I thought they should on paper. Offensively, they're so stacked. Uh, besides their run game, which was non-existent for that yeah the Bucks have had the best run defense for the last two seasons so that, that was no surprise to me mm. z- 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 fantasy Zeke uh, managers go ahead keep keep, keep calm it, yeah. it, it's gonna be a little bit better throughout the rest of the season but yeah like if you have a running back I'm gonna say this for fantasy purposes that's going against the Bucks. Dude, unless it's Chris McCaffrey and he's gonna get eight catches and you're in a PPR league I, I wouldn't start him there's your fantasy guy right there man yeah, and so I got you for fantasy, NFL draft, free agency, analytics, you know, analysis, film breakdown. I'm here for all that. At Evan Schumard TV, yes, sir. And so, man, that but that game itself, what I didn't like about well, I don't say what I didn't like because I love whenever the Cowboys don't have success. I'll be honest, I'm that, I'm that kind of <laughs> brings guy. joy to America. It heart. makes my heart smile. You know, it gets me very excited when they lose and they don't do well and they. Even though they fear success in general as a whole, but even when they catch it early, I love that even more. But the biggest thing I didn't take that I took away was that okay, of course their defense was always suspect historically, even last year. Mm-hmm. But 
they got like a quarterback. I want to say a quarterback hit. They didn't really touch Tom at all. Like, I didn't know if it was Tampa's O-line was just so great or the Cowboys' defense was just that bad. They got like, I think they, they grabbed him one time and he still got the ball off. Was it to Lenny? Was it to Lenny? Yeah, it was to Lenny on the uh, that one edge on the, close to the sideline. He still got oh, the ball the off. Check down? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. And they didn't have a single sack for that entire game. Well, if it makes you feel any better, that, that whole situation with the Cowboys pass rush is even worse now since today, Demarcus Lawrence broke his foot in practice. Wah, wah, wah. And... That COVID list, the, the Cowboys in this COVID list, like, hey, if you are a halfway decent player, you're probably going to end up on there because their other starting defensive end, number 94, Randy Gregory, is now on the COVID list. <laughs> what is going on out there, man? Cowboys, they fear success. I mean, not just like the organization itself, but their physical bodies do not want to succeed. Like Their aurora and physical entities are terrified. It's terrified of success. You know, whatever they can do to not make it or not do well, it will be done. And so... That's all I really have on them because when I when I saw that news, I really started on my way like driving up here. I was like, "Did Marcus Lawrence? He had broken." So I was like, "Well, look at that! Would you look at that?" So so uh, on Demarcus Lawrence, not not about his play or his injury. Every time I see that man on Hard Knocks, he looks like a completely different person. What do you mean, bro, bro? So my boy Jonathan Harding can attest to this. Mm. So sometimes you know he got he got the locks. You know, he out on the field, he has got him hanging, ready to go, hanging out the helmet, cool. And then, like, in the meeting rooms, like, sometimes he'll be wearing, like, his hair up, and he'll be wearing, like, a sweater. And he'll look like a different person. I'm like, man, what? what, what who, you, know, you, you look a too, little too slim to be a defensive end. What is this? Sometimes we'll have glasses on, and he'll be wearing his chains on and everything. I'm like, bro, this is every time I see him on Hard Knocks, if he is not in pads, he looks like a completely different person. He's like a clone, like Gucci, man. Like, bro, Gucci, yes, exactly. Gucci. Yes, yes. That's hilarious. Just, that, just something that me and my friend noticed, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're going to try to pull up some pictures on that, man. I'm trying to pull up some pictures, try to post it, like some different looks. Bro, I, I will go back and, like, watch Hard Knocks over again and, like, record every single time. <laughs> and I'm going to send it to you. And when I wa- I still haven't watched the new episode that uh, has come out this week. I will watch it, and I will send it to you every single time. that I, I'll, I'll post it on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to see if anybody else noticed this because, hey, it, me and my boy Jonathan are like, bro, sh- first off, this dude's got a pretty nice fashion sense, so, you know, mm-hmm. shout out to him. But, like, this dude is just, like, creative with, like, how he get, like, Damn. How you switch it up like that? Yeah, I'm saying. Like, it's every single time, bro. Like, it'll be in the same damn day, it looked like. <laughs> like, how you got so many fits for one day? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but hey, good, good, good looks to him, bro. I hope his uh his, his recovery is, you know, well. Yeah, we do. Hope everybody recovers. Hope yeah, everybody so, you know, well. you might play for the Cowboys. We don't hate you personally. We just, you know, we, we, we don't want you to thrive on the field, but we want you to be there. Because I hate hearing from Cowboys fans, mm. oh, we don't have this. Oh, we didn't have that. It's like, bro, like, that come happens on, all the time. So, like, I want to beat, as a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I want to beat the Cowboys with their best 22 Every single Facts. time we face each other, demoralizing. Yeah, bro. I and so, that. and same thing goes for the COVID list. Like, we hope nobody's sick, man. We hope nobody, obviously, hopefully, hope nobody death upon any. Don't wish death upon anybody or anybody uh, who they were in contact with or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna get. We're probably gonna post those pictures, man. Follow us on Twitter at the Break Room H O U and on Instagram at the Break Room Podcast, man. That's gonna do it all for this segment, man. We'll be right back. Take it easy.
We are back here in the break room with your boy Evan Schumard. And standing from across from me is Charles Carter the third. And what we're going to do is we're we, we going to get back into the Texans since we kind of went past them a little bit. You know, they're, they're kind of an afterthought. And we, 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 we ain't going to do that to y'all. We, we, we ain't going to do that to y'all. Uh, so my first question to you is, who impressed you in the Texans game? Who impressed me in the Texans game? Mark Ingram and the runs. Like, Mark Ingram, the offensive line, and Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, you don't hear uh, much praise about that Texans offensive line. So, like, hey, I, hey, elaborate on that. Okay, so I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, they protected Tyrod for the for the most part. Tyrod did have some magical plays. I can't remember exactly what quarter they came in, but they came pretty early. And it was almost like Deshaun-esque, you know what I mean, if you saw him. And... Um, but the main thing, <laughs> four is on the bench. But anyway, uh, the Texans offensive line, pass pro was not, it wasn't busted. Run protection, they picked up the linebackers, which you, which I was not expecting. I was thinking like, okay, it's a new kind of makeshift offensive line. They picked up a lot of guys in the offseason. We're going to see how they mesh over the first game. They did extremely well. Like usually, like it takes time for offensive linemen to kind of know what their what the person next to them is really bad at, really good at. Mm-hmm. Some are better at run uh, run blocking. Some are really bad at reading defense and see like picking up blitzes. It wasn't it wasn't that bad. It looked somewhat for the most part pretty smooth for the most part. So along with Mark Ingram, I, if you all haven't seen that video, uh, kind of circulating on Twitter or follow the Texans page. Um, it was a speech, not a speech, but. Um, they were marking. Was he mic'd up? I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. He was mic'd up, and he was going around encouraging the team, just kind of, you know, being lively on the on the sideline, yeah, bringing some energy. And it's it's kind of needed. And when everybody's kind of looking down on the team, and nobody thinks you're going to do well, so and then you're beating a team that nobody's kind of really going to give you credit for almost. So. It's good to kind of be enthused about those things. And so now you can really appreciate Mark Ingram. And I think David Culley said while he was mic'd up, he said it's, it's more than just what you are as a player for the team. Like, we need you and your personality on the on this field with us. And so, man, I think that was a big deal. I think it's going to be huge for the Texans. Hopefully it stays that way moving forward when, like, the, re- the real storm really comes with some <laughs> better teams, like next week with the Browns. So... But- if they get that rushing attack going versus the Browns, that'll probably be their... their- Best way to succeed because the Browns got a pretty solid secondary. They do. Receivers have, or the Texans receivers are, besides Brandon Cooks, you know, you, there's a lot of afterthought on mm. that. We'll, we'll just leave it there. But the one person who really impressed me on the Texans this last week was Justin Reed. Justin Reed, to me, has been a guy that I've really been keeping my eye on really since he came out of Stanford. But he, he seems to be really coming into that like free safety mold, like. Coming out, he seemed to be like because I think a lot of people mistook him and his brother as like oh they're gonna be the same archetype like mm-hmm. same box safety strong safety whatever you want to call it but I mean he's got great range he was everywhere he was reading concepts well he was reading Trevor Lawrence's eyes he was staying where he needed to be ended up getting interception came down made some good tackles in the run game and everything I just I feel like he is going to be the cornerstone of that piece. Oh, excuse me. He's going to be the cornerstone piece for that defense for the future. Mm-hmm. And one good thing about him, like I'm glad you bring up some defensive players because I kind of 
I should have brought really I should have brought up and bring up some more defense players just in general just because they don't get enough credit a lot of times. But what I really like about Justin Reed, he doesn't get lost in the backfield. You usually kind of see that with young safeties. You know what I mean? They'll kind of just they'll watch the QB so long that they'll lose assignments in, in the defensive back yeah. area. Mm-hmm. And so now, nah, I mean, like you said, he got the interception and he played it well. And hopefully, like you said, he'll be a cornerstone for the defense. Another major thing with the Texans, it's been a major story for them for what since like what last year? Too damn long. Too too, too long, right? Uh, Deshaun, NFL insider has stated. So Jay Glazer of Fox Sports came out and said that the Texans, or he doesn't see a scenario where Deshaun will ever play for the Texans again. And, you know, they've let it known now that their asking price is very, very high. They want at least three ones. They want, like, three second-round picks. Maybe a couple defensive starters or whatever. But, Mr. Glazier informed us that they've already had offers similar to that. So, According to him, they already had an offer from one undisclosed team for three first-round picks, three third-round picks. Oh, Mike. And they still declined the offer. They said, absolutely not. We are not trading him. We're not taking any offers. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Just a lot of hypocrisy, you know, going back and forth, wishy-washy, whatever you want to call it. I don't know who that team is. So, like, there's a lot of – there's basically been four teams, like, heavily speculated for trading for Deshaun Watson. You got the Dolphins, the Broncos, the Panthers, and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. I want to say that the Eagles might have made that offer. Hmm. As an Eagles fan, that's a lot that's to a give lot. up. You but give up everything. I th- I, 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 if I had to say anybody made that offer, I'm going to say the Eagles just because they have that capital. Hmm. But what do you think about the Texans sacrificing, let's say, like the three third-round picks instead of getting the three seconds? Like, is a team really going to sacrifice two whole drafts, maybe three whole drafts if they don't have multiple picks? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's entirely too much. You might as well ask for three first rounds and your grandma's house. You know what I mean? Like, they want everything. (laughs) Not grandma. Literally. We're going to put your grandma on the street and we want your lunch. You know, so um, that is it's entirely too much. Um, Deshaun led the league in passing last year. But he probably will never – he will not play a game this season. Whatever the charges, like, end, end up being – like I said, they're just civil. They haven't really gone criminal just yet. And hope – whatever they end up being, you know what I mean? Whatever they end up being. Because I think what the FBI is involved now. And so, the, in the leagues, they're doing their investigation, you know. Which we all know how that goes. How that goes, you know. So, whenever that kind of comes to a close, Roger Goodell is probably going to slab a, a suspension on him. So, however long he's suspended – I think if it goes criminal, he's definitely not going to play any games this season. Even if he's most cl- definitely not. Even yeah. if he's clear, he's probably going to miss what the first game has already been played. I could say what 12, 13 games. Like that's I think that's at the least. And that's him sitting out a, a whole year too exactly. at that. So I, I just think you know we we've talked about it a lot. The whole media has been talking about this for months. There's just so much going on with the situation right now. I don't think anything is going to be done until this criminal, civil lawsuits, whatever you want to call them, get resolved. Yeah, and we talked about this, what, two episodes ago? We were saying that, oh, um, they ought to trade Deshaun. We were saying that, well, they would have to, like, they would have to trade Deshaun. It only makes sense, right? They shouldn't have drafted a quarterback this past year, but they did anyway, and it was like, You what? It's a no-brainer to trade Deshaun. 
and it wouldn't make sense. It, like it just wouldn't make sense not to. And so the fact that they didn't for three first rounds and three thirds, which could really almost rebuild the team exactly how you need it to be, that would be like a right now fix, like fell from heaven, literally. <laughs> yeah. And so when they don't take it, you would have two whole teams drafts. You would have your draft capital and then the most valuable pieces of another team's for multiple years. And you, but yeah, they're they're, they're not training for anybody. But oh, you know, they'll they'll take three seconds and three firsts, and then uh, m- m- maybe your best defensive end and your best corner. Something. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't even know. It just makes no sense what they got going over there down on Kirby at all whatsoever. Fighting for my life. Y'all killing me with this. But something else that really isn't making a lot of sense to me is is Kyrie Irving. He tweeted something earlier today, and it was very cryptic. You know, a lot of people in the media have been going over this, trying to figure out, oh, what does it mean? Is he, is he, you know, anti, you know, vaccination, anti-masks? Well, his comments exactly were, my mask is off. Now take yours off. No fear. What are you giving that, Mr. Charles? Man, it could have been him listening to a... a lyric off a song or really I think it was more so him speaking to somebody almost directly indirectly somebody he knows personally it could be somebody in his camp one of his friends one of a teammate any uh, somebody in front office or anything you know take your mask off like you know I'm not hiding who I am I'm being for real I'm not being two faced etc etc now you take yours off or you know let's be for real be who you say you are no fear that's how I took it now people trying to politicize everything and make something out of nothing it's unfortunately unfortunate right and it's I mean now Kyrie has done some questionable things right uh, as far as him missing games now do I say I believe him I mean I don't know Kyrie enough to say well he's a liar or anything like that right um, but him missing games for he say for his mental family issues and other things like that I don't think anybody in the times we live in right now, this cold COVID has been going on for almost two years now, going on two years. Long ass two uh, years, long but have gone by so fast at the same time. This is going to be a period of time we're going to have like COVID babies. Like this is going to be, it's like that. You know what I mean? So this whole, I don't think anybody's dumb enough to literally say, to be in a position Kyrie is in, an NBA star, a recognizable face. And say, what do you say? My mask is off. Now take yours off. No fear. When people are literally dying every day from COVID, so I'm a pandemic, a worldwide pandemic. It's not just something in the U.S. It's it's global. And so, no, I don't think anybody's crazy enough to really tweet that and and literally mean like. You know, oh no, people are definitely crazy enough to do that, and they do they do it. It's but, a good thing I don't follow Hey, <laughs> I don't follow him either, but I see ignorance across my timeline constantly. I, I completely agree with you, though. Mm. I think that Kyrie meant that in a medical forical way yeah. where he's, you know, saying, like, I'm going to be me, be you. That's it. What's, gonna, what's the worst that's going to come out of it, bro? Like, don't yeah. be fearful. People might judge you, whatever. That, that's going to happen. But it, mm. that's the type of person Kyrie's always been. He's always been, like, one of those, like, philosophical type of guys, very yeah. cryptic, you know, always trying to move a different little way and stuff. So, like, that's just Kyrie's personality. I don't think this is a, a COVID stance or anything like that. And I hope it is not. Because <laughs> if, if, if he comes out tomorrow and says that it is <laughs> – Boy, <laughs> he might as well go ahead and retire because actually he said something else earlier today. So yeah, Kyrie just had a newsworthy day. 
He said that if the Brooklyn Nets were to trade him, he would straight up just retire. Hmm. And from what we have seen, you know, the, the the common man from from the media is Kyrie is very, you know, into his personal life, very into social justice, yeah. very into doing other things outside of basketball, which, which is great. I think, you know, a lot of athletes need to have another direction that they want to go because, mm-hmm. you know, ball is life. Yes. But what happens when when you don't play ball no more? Yeah. So uh, I, I wouldn't be. I can wholeheartedly believe that. Actually, going off of that point, I know um, it's a side note. Um, talking about life after ball, uh, I know LeBron. Uh, LeBron James. He was starting something with. Um, I think it was Michael Strahan, uh, more than an athlete. Something that they were kind of working on together. A project they were working on together. Uh, speaking on just life after ball. Uh, I'm, I don't have all the specifics of if it was like a show, a documentary, or was a it on the shop or. No, no, no. I don't. Oh. It maybe it was, but I heard about it uh, through another station, mm-hmm. and I know there was it was being reported on. I didn't have time to listen to the entire thing. Yeah, be like that sometimes. I'm not uh, necessarily sure what exactly what it's going to be, but I know he's working on that with Michael Strahan about life after the sports you play, life after ball. So, do you believe Kyrie would just straight up retire if the Nets wanted to trade him? I, I want to say yes, but at the same time, I'm like, I almost think of it like how Conor McGregor said he's going to retire. Like he, he always retires. He retires and comes back, you know. So I think he'll retire for like a couple months. I didn't believe that McGregor stuff for for a second. You didn't? Nah. I see. I was one. I was like, oh, man. nah. I got caught up in the hype. I did. I was one of the ones who got. I'm like, oh man, McGregor's gonna. He's gonna. Nothing. <laughs> then he re- came back. Then he retired again and came back. And but that's still getting how, his ass whooped. <laughs> tragic. Tragic, but that's exactly how I kind of take Kyrie at this point. I'm like, okay, yeah, he's gonna retire, but at the same time, big money, bigger bills. I I think Kyrie enjoys making his money. I'm pretty sure he'll come back, and I don't think there's anybody who won't sign Kyrie either. So, yeah, I think Kyrie's future is ultimately in his hands. If he wants to focus and be the best point guard in the league, I think he's he's capable of you know. Getting close to that, if not doing that. I think that if Kyrie wants to stop playing basketball and go focus on what he feels like he personally needs to do for this world in his eyes, mm. I can 100% see him doing that and being successful at that, too. I think Kyrie just has um, a unique mindset, but it, he he does have a successful mindset. I will say that. Absolutely. And uh, also to add on, just because you brought up uh, his social justice um support for that and things like that. I don't know Kyrie's, all his philanthropy ventures or anything like that, but I do know he does support a lot of social justice uh, things in different areas. Let me say that. Yeah, different causes. Exactly. And so with him playing basketball, it's definitely his own money supporting those things. And um, like I said, I don't know all his uh, business ventures or anything like that. If he's invested, I'm pretty sure he is. He has or currently is in the process of but I'm pretty sure it will be more conducive. I'm pretty sure he'll, he thought thought of this already, or whoever in his campus probably mentioned this to him. But I know him playing basketball would definitely be more con- conducive to whatever causes he's supporting if he were to keep playing, so he could keep funding and yeah, really keep using his platform hit. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean yeah, that's a absolute great point. Hey, you can't keep uh, signing checks if you ain't got the, the money to put them out but I think, he, I, he got plenty of money he, he, he got signed a hundred million dollar deals I'm, and everything I'm sure, I'm sure I'm sure I just wanted to throw that out there just whatever but I'm I'm sure he has plenty of money dying in the safe you know what I mean so <laughs> one, one thing that I cannot stand about Kyrie is his flat earth stance bro it just ooh <laughs> you're not the first person I heard say that either. bro it's like you, you're supposed to be 
a smart dude. He he seems to be like a smart dude. That's just the one thing that just does not line up for me. I thought that was like the longest running joke, but then I found out he was actually serious. Yeah, bro, bro's dead ass. Uh, the earth is flat, bro. I, I keep seeing like I just, uh, bro. I had a flat earth joke just came out of my mind, but because I, I keep seeing a bunch of them, it's like to flat earthers is like. So where, where does the water go when when you get to the edge of the the oceans? Does it just this is just falls off? Running. Is this for? I mean the. Earth, like, what would it just? It's like an inner spring that just makes water on the inside. It's like a fountain. But, but like what the about the, can't see? the Earth's core that we have scientifically proven and, like, we know about this? Do, do they not believe? Uh, you know, I really want to have a conversation with the flat earther just to see, like, what, what type of evidence they, they see as valid because it's hey, damn show different than mine. Hey, Flat Earth Page, follow the Break Room HOU on Twitter and DM us your theories. Follow us on the Break Room Podcast on Instagram and prove to us that it's flat. And, you know, maybe we're the crazy ones. So right? I actually seen uh, the thing I was about to tell you about. Flat Earth Facebook group said something about like oh a, a shout out to all the flat earthers across across the globe. You serious? Yeah, they 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 literally they used the word globe. Hmm. How, how can the earth be flat <laughs> if you calling it a globe? Thought a globe was a sphere. Hmm. Help me. Drugs. Don't do them. Shit. Maybe they're doing the right ones. Maybe they're doing the right ones. Maybe they're doing the right ones. But to talk about. Kareem getting his, you know, all-time scoring record broken by LeBron. LeBron's about, what, 3,000 points away? Mm -hmm. So Kareem's comments about that were, it's a source of hope and inspiration. Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile back in 1954. Damn, four minutes? They moving. I I, I, I can get you a good six. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. 904. Um, But since then, not only have 1,400 you better run like eight to nine minutes on. on oh, mile. you know what? I, I got some good stamina, Loki. I might not be able to run no no four three, but but if we got to run uh, around, I, I'm gonna be the first person to make it. That's crazy because I actually train for it, and I'm like, nah, 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 bro. I've never even like tried to train. It's just like you're a soldier. I just go out there and I just run, bro. Like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe now, you know, I might be a little bit more towards the seven. But like when I was like training in football and stuff, like I, there was times I was like creeping in the fives, like five fifties and stuff. Yeah, because I, I took it seriously. And this is like... You could have ran for real then. That's like... Yeah, nah. See, I mean, I mean nah. not, not in the Olympics. Nothing like nah, that. Nothing nah. like that. Like, like, like high like school that. or something? Hey. Nah, see, I, I don't want nothing to do with that, bro. <laughs> Miss me with that, man. But uh, back, to, back to Kareem. Not only since then have 1,400 Rokers beaten that time, but the record is now 17 seconds less. So now inside of three minutes. So he said, we all win when a record is broken. And if LeBron breaks mine, I'll be right there to cheer him on. I think that's a great mentality. You know, a lot of people nowadays scrutinize LeBron and say, like, oh, you know, he couldn't have played in this era. A lot of old heads and this and that, yada, yada. This is Kareem acknowledging greatness. Not, not, not just LeBron's greatness, just greatness in general. That, like, it, it's, a, it's a cycle. Like, your records are meant to be broken. The only record that I cannot see being broken is Jerry Rice's like all-time receiving yards record, just because he played for over twenty seasons and Rex. averaged over a thousand yards. So like, but LeBron longevity brings accolades, man. Um, Shaq, I think Shaq put it like that in an um, interview he did with Stephen A. Smith. Uh, he was just talking about um, Kareem playing for well, LeBron playing for so long gives you more ch- opportunity for to break other other people's accolades. Mm-hmm. And I wish we had more old heads like Kareem that would. I don't want to say all of them are insecure, but 
it's a touch of insecurity there, man. Like, because you're slamming you're going a guy who you really you haven't played with. You don't know how much work they put in. Um, and said, nor played against. Nor played against. It, it, and he's saying, oh, he couldn't do this. He couldn't. You've never played against him. You know what I mean? It'd be different if you was like, oh, you know, I played against, I played against Jordan. I don't think he could beat Malone, or he couldn't, be, he couldn't really match up with this. And you've played all of them, so you kind of understand the skill level. Mm-hmm. This is a guy you've only seen on TV. You never li- lined up with him in a paint. You never tried to guard him, anything like that. And so, Kareem, of course, number one on the all-time scoring list is acknowledging LeBron and, and the possibility that he could definitely catch him. And so uh, I know LeBron, he still has – right now he's number three. He still has, I think, 1,561 points until he catches Carl Malone, who is in second place. And that would, you know, obviously put him in second. And then, like you said, uh, about 3,020 points to catch Kareem, who's in you know first at, what, 38,387 points for his career. So he has just a touch – I mean – He'll probably definitely catch Carl Malone by the end of the season. I think he'll have to average around like 19 points a game to uh, catch Carl Malone, just slightly above 19 points, which he's like a career average of like 24 points. So he'll definitely have it. Uh, yeah, LeBron averages about 1,100 points a season. So does LeBron have, let's, let's call it three, three seasons left in him? I absolutely believe that. I I 100% believe that LeBron can play for three more years if he wants to. Because that'll put him, because he's 36 now, so that'll put him at age 39. Mm. So that's that's still reasonable. It's definitely doable. It's definitely doable. And then, like, you know, I was uh, talking to some buddies of mine. He's like, oh, LeBron doesn't play the same. Well, LeBron has the highest IQ in basketball. He's adapted his play to his age. He's not going to be running down the court doing a whole bunch of chase down blocks or banging all the time like Heat LeBron or the first time he was with the Cavs LeBron. Yeah, unless he absolutely has to. Unless he absolutely (laughs) has to. You know what I mean? You're going to put your foot on the gas only when you need to. So he takes more threes. He's a smarter player. He's developing his game in other ways. And I mean, one thing he's developed is free throw shooting, but that's a whole other story. I think that's a lost cause at this point. That's a lost cause (laughs) at this point, yeah. So... He's developing his game in other ways. And so with him doing that, I think it'll make it easier for him to catch a cream in a, I want to say an easier way, but one that will allow him to keep that, um, keep playing for a long, some longer tenure on the court. Won't break down his body as much, taking more threes, more jumpers, not really destroying his body in the paint. I think that's most of the reason why they moved him to point guard instead of keeping him at the three, honestly, my opinion. So I'm doing a little bit of research over here. Bronny is 16. Yeah. So yeah. in like three years, he'll be in the league, assuming that he assuming. continues to, yeah. to trend to be an NBA caliber player. Um, yeah, I can definitely see LeBron playing for like three or four more years because mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to play on the same team. That would be something crazy. Has crazy. that ever been done? I don't think that's and, ever been done. I know, I know it's been done in the MLB with uh, Ken Griffey and his yeah. son. I don't think it's ever been done in the NBA. That'd be crazy. Man, that would be... <laughs> that's crazy. Because, like, if if Le- if they, even it. if they played for just one year, like, and not on the same team, like, just, that, that's just a historical accomplishment alone. And LeBron would be, like, 39 or 40 at that time, and, you know, his son will be, like, 19 coming into the league. Just thinking of LeBron right now, and even if he gets, you know, without, you know, if he doesn't ever get injured again, which we hope never happens, but even right now, at his worst play, what do you see him averaging as far as points? Like, at his worst? 
Wart. I mean, he's still a walking 20-piece at least. Exactly. Like, That's the crazy His part. worst average... What what is his worst? I don't know. Let, let, let me look at this up. Let me see what his worst average is. Because I want to say about like maybe twenty two points. If I see LeBron with twenty two, I'm like, damn, Bron Bron having a down year. Yeah. Most people be like, hey, I'm banging twenty two a night. Like, what, what you mean? Uh, let's see, we got it right here. So, LeBron is rookie year averaged twenty point nine. So basically twenty one. Mm. Uh, yeah. Other than that, lowest he's really had is twenty five. <laughs> so yeah, if LeBron gets 21 to 22 points that that is bad for LeBron and you know I'm using air quotes here because that's definitely not bad and then make him make him 39 make him 39 at that that's just even more impressive because then exactly. especially like yeah, going exactly. to what you were saying about his IQ and you know ability to work the floor <laughs> he's probably still gonna put up 22 8 and 8 People cannot average that Can't. if they wanted to. If they wanted to. And he'll be – if he's 39 doing that, man, bro, can't nobody tell me nothing, bro. Jordan, nothing Jordan don't have nothing on LeBron, You can't bro. say nothing about LeBron, like, man. Jordan had to retire, go play baseball, and then come, come back. back. And then come back. Like, LeBron's been doing this consistently. consistently. What's, the, what's the least amount of games LeBron's ever played in in a season? Yeah, he oh, had 55. Yeah, so since he's joined the too. Lakers, he's played 55, 67, and 45 games at 82. So that's crazy. This dude really – and his, he just keeps getting more efficient. I mean, besides whenever he went back to Cleveland and he was just on that, like, tear of shooting, like, 60% for no reason uh, <laughs> inside the three. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's still shooting 56, 59%. So he's, he's still efficient as ever. Facts, man. Um, we can go on about LeBron all day, <laughs> honestly. But yeah, really, and all his accolades and what what he can do and what he'll be remembered as, as far as just the NBA NBA player, NBA star. But that's gonna do it all for this segment. That's gonna do it all for our NBA. We'll be right back in the break room, man. You get a small little break, man. But take it easy, man. We'll be right back in a minute. Back, man. Breaks over, man. Welcome back into the break room. Me, Charles Carter, for our last segment. My my boy right in front of me, man, Evan Schumore. What's going on, man? Oh, I forgot to shout out our social at the end of the last segment, man. Uh, follow us on the break room, H O U, on Twitter and the break room podcast on Instagram and the break room podcast one on Facebook, man. All our uh, podcasts are posted there. Subscribe to us on. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, we are available. Look for that black and gold, man. You can find it. It's, it's there. And follow my boy Evan on his Twitter, man. He got a, he actually got an article that's about to get posted pretty soon, man. Tell him about it real quick. Oh, yeah. You know, I do uh, some high school scouting out here in these streets. So I got a uh, week three offensive standouts across the city of Houston article coming out. By the time y'all uh, get this episode, it will be posted. It is in the uh, review process right now, the editorial process. But yeah, we got some names for you. And yeah, uh, go ahead and you know if you if you're into high school sports, yeah, call me. Uh, not call me. <laughs> Follow me because <laughs> I'd be calling games and then I'll live tweet what's going on there. Yeah, you know, 
keep up with your alma mater. You know, if you if you also if you do know somebody in high school right now, they could be a freshman, they could be a senior. You know, if they feel like they need some eyes on them to help get their recruiting going, holler at me. I got y'all. And go ahead and shout them out to where they can reach you at. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and get me at Evan Schumard TV. That's S H U M A R D. And stop misspelling my first, bro. I'm about to run around for a second, bro. Go ahead, go ahead. People always misspell my fucking first name, and it's really not that hard, bro. E V A N, bro. So when I go to like Chick fil A or, you know, any place that they ask for my name, I always pay attention to how they spell my name. I get even, but let's say 80% of the time, E V E N. I'm like, all right, whatever. Even? Yeah, yeah, they spell even. Hmm. But I have been getting some new, just asinine variations <laughs> of my name being spelled. Um, you know, Avion on the water. Yeah. Like E-V-I-A-N. No, no, Yeah, I've gotten that. No. I've also gotten E-V-I-E-N, and I got A-V-I-N before. Hmm. I was like, bro, that's like Avon, bro. Avion? A- Avon? Bro, I-, I don't know. I don't know what type of educational system y'all learned. I don't know who taught you how to spell, but it ain't that fucking hard. <laughs> bro, not the water. <laughs> bro, the yes, water. bro, bro. <laughs> I've gotten Ivan before. Like I'm, I'm just. If they, if they give me like Devin or Kevin, I'm like, okay, maybe you know you just misheard something. That 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 that's fine. But just then, like 19 different ways to misspell my name has got to go, bro. E V A N. It's it's not that hard. Breakers, man, get it right, man. Get my boy's name right, man. I'm tired. Yeah, yeah, I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking. Just, this is for everybody else. Well, for everybody else, you know what I'm. Everybody that's listening should know how to spell my name. Facts. <laughs> if you're clicking on it, man, read. Yeah, it's right there. Can't miss. <laughs> but go ahead, man. So this is going to be our last segment. Go on, tell us about it. We got some baseball for you. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to go ahead and take a peek up at these standings real quick because we got about 18-ish games left, depending on, you know, maybe like, you know, over under one more, you know what I'm saying? But the Rays coming out of Tampa Bay, you know, the Trop ain't the greatest field, but they will be getting home field advantage, it looks like, throughout the playoffs. They will be the first seed. They're already at 90 and 56 right now. They have not been playing good the last 10 games. They are 4-6, so they do need to get that together. But not too far behind them are the Houston Astros, and right behind them are the Chicago White Sox. Now some more used to seeing the White Sox have not really been that good of a team since they, you know, what, won the beat the Astros in the World Series back in 2005. So the White Sox made a comeback. You know, they pretty much just swift switched with the Cubs. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, they they took the success that the Cubs were having. They said, nah, nah, we're we going to take that to the south side real quick. Right. We're going to run with that. So, yeah, the NL now we're going to look at Braves leaning over here in the east. Brewers having themselves a phenomenal season back behind all their stellar pitching. They got 89 wins on the season. But really, the NL West has been the most entertaining race, I think, because the Dodgers and Giants are fighting for the either the fourth or the fifth seed here um, for the playoffs. Dodgers back two games. Well, two and a half, actually. So we'll see if they can catch them. The Giants have been hot 9 of 1 in their last 10. So, Charles, I know you're not the biggest into baseball, but I got... Two questions for you. One, how far do you think the Houston Nationals will make it? Hmm. Oh, what's the other one? No, I was, I was going to let you answer that one. Okay, first. okay, my, okay, my, okay. I kind of left that on a cliffhanger. My bad. My you bad. Good, you good. You good. Yeah. You good. Okay. Um, the way they've been, it's been for me. It's been wildly inconsistent. Right. It's kind of been the, the tale of the Astros the entire season for the most part. 
at least to the back end of the season. In the beginning, they were just consistently bad, but then they kind of came back and got a little, grabbed a little bit of consistency, found a, like a decent rotation as far as pitches, and found like a good lineup. And now it's just been it's just been wildly consistent. Do I know? And not, I can't really say. I, I don't, I don't believe they'll win the World Series. I don't. I, I'll be honest. So. Houston, crucify me. Go ahead, whatever. <laughs> um, but as much as I would want them to, I don't. I don't see them going very far. Not like this. Not with this kind of play. Not with this inconsistency. Fair, fair for points. I, I agree with you. They've gone through some massive hitting slumps with their stars. They've gone through some injuries. Yeah, Bregman's back now. Correa and Altuve kind of getting out of their slumps and stuff. So they're trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they have the pitching personally to get through that. Uh, to get through the AL, I will say. Uh, my second question is when you when you evaluate um, awards. Okay. What are like? Let's say the MVPs. What are your standards for that? Standards as far as numbers with... Like, for going for, like, MVPs. So, let's say, for example, are you one of those people that looks at just, histor- like, historical presence? Are you looking at, oh, were they league leaders in certain things this year? Or do you look at, like, oh, you know, their team was, like, first or second seed? Like, you know, there's a, there's a lot of different ways to kind of grade out how you look for an MVP. Mm. So, I'm just curious what your um, criteria for that is. More definitely league leaders. I look for league leaders and... You know, oh man, I remember talking to a friend. I'm gonna sound like a little bit hypocrite because I don't have the same criteria for other sports, mm-hmm. um, like basketball or uh, football. But a team itself isn't doing really well. They're like, well, I don't care about really team standings. So for me, baseball is definitely all about league leaders. I, even though baseball is a huge team sport, huge. That means like, well, I won't say that means, but. Individual performances, yes, they can prepare your team and to a certain extent, but it definitely relies heavily upon everybody else. You can't make that great of an impact. It's not anything like basketball or uh, the quarterback position in football or anything like that. So definitely for me, if I'm looking for talking about MVP for baseball, league leaders, um, historical dub will play a role. Like if you break a um, – you made the most home runs in however many years, yes, that will play a role too if that happens – then mm-hmm. yes. But if not, league leaders. No ifs, ands, or buts about it for me. Yeah, hey, I pretty much agree with you. I think that if you're top tier in several areas, maybe not leading it, but like top five, top yeah, ten, yeah, and like yeah. everything that really matters, and then if you're doing something like historical, like let's talk about the AL MVP race right here. I brought this up for a reason. So the the AL MVP race has pretty much come down to two people, Vlad Guerrero and Shohei Otani, who has been just a completely different animal that we've really ever seen in the MLB. Because not only is he knocking 44 home runs right now and 94 RBIs, he's also 9-2 and two on the mound pitching. And we have never seen somebody pitch at such a high level and bat at such a high level since maybe Babe Ruth. Like yeah. it, it just does not happen. Pitchers pitch, hitters hit. There's a whole battle about the DH thing between the AL and the NL. This man does not care. He is there for both. He, he will hop off the mound, go go swing a bat, and then he'll be like, all right, I'm going to go play you know right field now. So I, I think, you know, looking at the numbers, Vlad – Batting 316, he's got 45 home runs, already eclipsed the 100 RBI mark with 103. 
he's just such a spinning image of his father. Like Vlad Guerrero Jr. is so entertaining. He's so good for the sport. He's young. This is like his third season. He's ascending uh, all-star already. But I think I think this is Otani's this year. I yeah, think with his nine and two record, a three point three six ERA, hundred and thirty six strikeouts. Yeah, he he's not going to hit the two hundred mark, which is you know a great thing to go for. But he's not pitching as often as some of these other pitchers as well. So I think Shohei Otani really just has that like historical presence along with you know being like a top tier batter. Because there's a chance with you know let's let's say seventeen to twenty ish games left. He, he could hit for 50 home runs. He could. And he'll get over the 100 RBI mark with that. And batting 257 is, you know, it's not great. It's not great. If, if batting over 300 is like, if you're batting over 300, you're, you are there. Yeah. yeah. But, bro, he, this is his fourth year with the in the MLB. I think he's just going to continue to get better. And I think that Otani should get the AL MVP. I agree with you. I definitely uh, think it's uh, Shohei Otani's year just because – He's answering when called. That makes sense. Whenever he's kind of, we really need to, he shows up when he needs to. Mm-hmm. He's doing it on both ends, not just uh, hitting, but pitching as well. And so, like I said, he doesn't really pitch too, too, too often, but when he does, it's done. Yeah, so, 9-2 record is very outstanding for somebody. Like, it's just crazy that people only pitch and they they still can't find their full command of everything. And he's over there taking just as much BP as, as the other, you know, people in the field that are going to bat and while working with the pitchers at the same time I think he's just doing something that's just we haven't seen mm. I think he's deserving of the war just because of that looking over the NL though this one I think is a, a lot closer of a race the odds uh, betting wise negative 250 for Fernando Tatis Jr. and then plus 250 for Bryce Harper so going to take a peek at their stats I'll let y'all figure out what y'all uh, who, who you would place your vote for so Tatis batting 280 38 home runs and 90 RBIs man he's just been fun to watch he did have an injury sidelined him for a little while don't don't know exactly how long he was out for but his numbers could have been better he could have been in the, the 40 you know 100 just yeah. like you know we're talking about with Vlad or Shohei over here um he he's one of the biggest stars in the league, and I don't think there's a question about that. He's going to be the face of he the MLB be. for the future. But somebody who's been the face of the MLB for a while has been Bryce Harper, and he's still swinging away. You know, he he's batting 307, 32 home runs, 73 RBIs, and his team is just cheeks. That That is the thing. Yeah. I, I mean, the Phillies are just dog water, bro. Like, I'm trying to get their record real quick. They're 72 and 72. And the weakest division in the NL. So you're literally right at 500 in the weakest division. I just, I mean, they're, they're not dog water. I, I recant that statement. They're, they're very average. So okay. I think that's going to kind of hurt his chances just a little bit. But just because maybe, I mean, I, you know what? The Padres are 74 and 70. So the Padres aren't too much better of a team, but I feel like just since he's got more of that like national attention this year, he's blown up so big internationally. Thanks. Um, I'm gonna go with Tatis. No, except for exactly what you said. Like I think he's become such a public figure now that it's kind of it's so hard to ignore him. Even like okay, if you would ask me who would I want to win as of right for this award this year, 
it probably Bryce Harper and just for me in general. When I remember when he kind of burst on the scene, what was it about like three years, three four years ago? Oh, man, dude, it's since high school, bro. This dude, I remember this video of him bat- taking batting practice in the Tropicana Field, like I was just talking about with the Rays. Mm-hmm. Bro ripped one like five hundred plus to like and hit the like big old jumbotron in the back. Yeah, like and <laughs> it was crazy. Like he. He he's had so much like prowess and his because he was the guy. He was yeah, the guy. like he, he was the face for us. He, he yeah. became the face. He has so much like charisma. There goes mm. what I was looking for. Like he he's a very like energetic person. So like he gets a lot of attention because of that. But then he turns around and performs well. So yeah. I think Bryce Harper, if he does win this, I I would kind of be surprised just because of like how impactful Tatis has been for the game, mm. even though. Harper's numbers are better. I, I I just I still think Tatis has got this one. Tatis has become such an uh, a public figure that whenever teams show highlights of them playing another team, it's Tatis. Like they're showing <laughs> Tatis. Like I remember for an Astros game, they showed that they showed his highlights of them playing. And so, like last time we played them, you know the Padres, Fernando Tatis Jr. went yard on us three times, <laughs> n- knocked in four home, knocked in four RBIs. <laughs> exactly. So I mean that's how a bunch of a figure he is. And I think I'm not saying that he's he won't win just because like he's not good or anything. He's a great player, but I think that small public figure piece extra will kind of edge him ahead of Harper. Yeah, because yeah, I feel like he's starting to ascend how like Lamar and Patrick Mahomes were a couple years ago mm-hmm. to where their numbers are now supporting the hype and the true marketability of, mm-hmm. of them and stuff. So I feel like all those put together just make him the perfect MVP candidate. Facts. And this will probably be a first and many for him, I would guess. Oh, no, definitely. Definitely. Like you said, he's going to be the future face of the MLB. And so with that comes a lot of things. So especially if he keeps playing like this. Yeah, he, he's definitely been on a hot streak. But you know who else was hot this week? Yes, sir. Mr. Jalen Hurts. Shout Yo out boy. to him. Yo, boy. So Jalen Hurts, I, I before anybody, you know, comes hollering at me on Twitter, you know, com- coming up in the DMs. I get that it was the Atlanta Falcons. I get they don't have the best defense in the NFL. I get that they have, you know, one of the worst defenses in the NFL. But what I liked from Jalen Hurts was not just the numbers, three touchdowns, you know, 260 passing yards, over 300 total, got it done moving the legs, with his legs on the ground. Jalen Hurts was in so much command of this offense, and it shows why the Eagles players all offseason were hopping on the Jalen Boats train. Or Jalen Boats. I was I didn't know if I wanted to say boat or train. Hopping on the Jalen Hurts train. Because that man just just takes over, and he made smart reads. He was accurate with the football. He underthrew one ball to, like, I think it was Zach Ertz on the sideline that, you know, if he would have let him out, might have been, you know, a bigger game. But it was still, like, a great, great decision. That's the one thing I was really looking forward to see from him was his decision-making improve because he has talent. He, he doesn't have the greatest arm talent, I'll say, but he knows how to get it done, and he got a win and made Devontae Smith, the first-round pick, look good, made last year's first-round pick, Jalen Rager, look good, made Dallas Goddard, who's trying to get an extension, look good. Like, the whole offense just was flowing and looking great, and for that, he is my candidate for who is hot this week. Quick question to add on to that. Do you think the Eagles have found their guy? I know it's just one game, but do you think that the city of Philly and the Eagles organization has have found their guy. It is, it is too early to say, but I was not. I, I don't want to. I don't, don't, don't want to give an answer. But since you ask, I'm gonna say 
I'm going to say yes. If Jalen Hurts plays, let's say, like comparable to how he did mm-hmm. today, like throughout the season, even if the Eagles don't win a lot, he'll show enough to where they can like, all right, we have two or three first round picks. We can use those to implement, you know, here, here and here to immediately make this team better instead of having to go fish out for another quarterback again. I I think that Jalen Hurts, I I think, I think he's going to be the future. Okay. Okay. And I'm very, very hesitant on saying that, but I'm also, I'm confident when I say it because I see a world where it can happen. Where you know Devontae Smith becomes you know a, a top wide receiver, especially Slim Reaper. Dang, that Slim Reaper will route your ass up. And I see a world where Jalen Rager becomes that explosive playmaker that they drafted him to be. Like I see, I see where all these pieces come together. Now, will it happen? I don't know. I feel like if injuries or you know certain things don't go right, that that can definitely affect Jalen Hurts in a negative way because it won't allow him to perform at his highest level. But if everything does stay in line, I feel like he will definitely be the future of the Philadelphia. Eagles. For sure. Okay. Well, why you gotta put me on the spot like that, man? I had to ask, man. <laughs> I had to ask. And, and since they played Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, y'all might as well go and ante up for uh, Deshaun and get Matty Ice up out of there. Hey, the Falcons have not been rumored, but they were, you know, uh, there were some rumors going around that in the draft that they were looking at maybe like Justin Fields or like Trey Lance, you know, whoever mm-hmm. would fall past uh, that third spot. But they, they went with Kyle Pitts instead. So, hey, they could be in the market for Deshaun. Didn't he have like, how many catches did he have? Like two? Yeah, he got clamped yeah. by Avante Maddox, who is 5'9 and Ooh. weighs about as much as I do. He probably about a buck 80. And Kyle Pitts is 6'6 and about 240 or 250. And got like wide out speed. Yeah. And runs a like legit 4'4. So I think I was very disappointed with that. Like he he's he's not he's not our who's not. Mm, he's not our who's not. He's not our but who's not. That that was disappointing. I really because my friend had him in fantasy and I told him, I said, he's probably gonna be going against our nickel corner who's Avante Maddox, who's five nine. Unless Matt Ryan just hates Kyle Pitts, like he should be feeding him because mm. Avante Maddox he's fast you know he he can come through and hit for for a little guy but he's not the best in the coverage like completely honest he, yeah. he's not hopefully he gets better in the game I think it's more so certain things in college like it's, it's it happens at every level in football certain things you do in moves you do in middle school won't work in high school Hot, moves in high school won't work in college college moves won't work in the NFL so you just need to like just I think more so just learn how to be an NFL tight end and so I think that'll just come with time hopefully all you fantasy people out there who got him I know my dad had him on fantasy too and I was like he didn't play Gronk and he played down bad hits. see I, I did bench Gronk in one of my leagues but I did have TJ Hawkinson over him who got me 25 points versus Gronk's 29. I still won anyway, but like, yeah, hey, that, that always hurts. Subtle flicks. Subtle flicks. When you learn it, when you learn it, like, ah, oh, okay, I could have, yeah. Yeah, you know, like I'm saying, I'm 1-0 in my, my, my start off right here, you know what I'm saying? If y'all listen to my fantasy advice, you, you will get some dubs out here. I, I can't attest to that. Feel that. Okay, <laughs> so for who's not, man, this is what we got. Last year's 2020 MVP, Aaron Rodgers! So look, Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen at the position. Big facts. But that day he was not. Unfortunately. 15 completed passes out of 28 attempts. 
a 53.6 completion rating, and 100. He passed for a total of 133 yards. That's got to be close to a career low for him actually playing for a whole game. Absolutely. And he had two interceptions when last season he only had about five. He threw two in one game. Very, very uncharacteristic. Very. And so, you know, we talked about our uh, division leaders probably for this season. I know it's only one game, but we you did have Risky Jameis throw for five touchdowns. I'm, hey, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Maybe that LASIK did a lot more than we thought. Hey, hey. You remember when Steph, they, they said the same thing about Steph one time. Steph went and got some uh, eye surgery. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, it happened, happened like I think two years ago because he said he couldn't really see the rim like that. So you mean and, to tell me he was just, just pulling? Hmm. Just pulling. And then he got his, like he had some kind of eye surgery a while back then. Yeah. But in all fairness, now, James, James was throwing dots, but like those receivers were just getting open too. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a team game. Like, you, you can't be mad that the, your quarterback's making it, uh, the, the right throw to a receiver who gets open. Like, that's no, what you fact. want. No, <laughs> fact. No wrong with you. I, I agree with you. But what I'm saying is that, like, the Packers themselves were just ass in general. Like, defense was mud. Aaron Rodgers, mud. O line, mud. Running game, mud. And so the, they rushed for a total of 43 yards. I repeat all uh, Aaron Jones fantasy managers out there. Yeah. Take a moment of silence for y'all. I thought about reaching for my dresser. Bro, speaking of a moment of silence, hold on. I got I got I got to read something to y'all real quick. But but go ahead, go ahead. I almost reached for the top drawer cuz I yeah, I was I picked the Baron Jones, man. <laughs> yeah, so uh I I was one of those people. So it was it was just a sad day. Sorry, that was the video that I was trying to pull up because it has a, a part of it here that I'm trying to look at. Some dude's fantasy team, right? Mm-hmm. He had Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Raheem Mostert, Mike Evans, oh. Brandon Ayuk, Robert Tunyon, Saquon. He got 15.4 points total. You want to? So his team on paper is is not bad. Like he definitely has like a on, good on paper, team. Yes, they're great. But man, did they come out and just shit the bed for him? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers had one point three fantasy points. Aaron Jones four point two. Raheem Mostert two. He did tear his ACL. Hope he has a speedy recovery. Mike Evans five point four. Brandon Ayuk, who I had in another league sitting in my flex, played all of fifteen snaps and had zero points. Robert Tunyon, the tight end, two point eight points. And Saquon was a huge disappointment with his three point seven points, even though he was limited. But Rest the peace to that young man. That's all I had to say. My bad. All right, Pete, man. It's all good. We appreciate that. We need to check up on the mentally ill and check on how they are because, you know, that I feel like that would cause some. It's some, a long season, ladies and gentlemen. Just, terrible, just hang in there. Terrible. It's going to be the longest one we've ever had. Probably. Actually, yeah. First 17-game yeah, yeah. season. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, man, that's been off our episode, man. It was fun. Um, it's nice to be back up in here. It's nice to be back in business, man. And so, yeah, I'm man. glad that, like, you know, the it being, like, 37 degrees out there in, like, the, the pod. It is. And here in the studio. Here. Yeah, it's not, like, a million degrees in here. It's actually, like, comfortable. I, I don't think outside. I'm sweating right now. Facts, because it's, it's freezing outside. You're right. Check, yeah, the, the, the AC in this building has been on, like, go mode recently. I don't know why. I don't know where it is. I don't know what the temperature is, but I have been freezing all day. So bad that I literally, like, had to go outside. My kneecaps was aching. I'm I had to go outside and, like, sunbathe for 10 minutes. It's been me. Like, I ain't been in here, like, two weeks. So I'm like, yeah, all the construction over there earlier. Oh, just, yeah, bro. They tearing it up out here on the fourth floor. Hopefully they make it look a little better. I mean, it's not bad, but, you know, you know. I'm very upset they took away the little, like, ESPN, sports map, little, uh, oh, little all, things off the wall there. I wanted to take a picture with that. I never did. You yeah. never took me no, neither. Never. I'm not gonna lie, me neither. <laughs> I never See, I don't want to be that guy. Be like, hey, can you take a picture of me with, with this stuff I, right here? Like, <laughs> I knew you were my guy for a reason. I never wanted to be that guy. I want to be head ass, man. I know, like, right, man? Like, same thing when I see when I saw Booker T like for the first time up here. I was like, 
I really want a, a picture with you, bro, but I don't I don't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but yeah, man. Uh, this has been episode twenty six, man. Vingt day six. Francis. Spanish and French, English, trilingual. We're gonna see you next time for episode twenty seven. We'll see you then, man. Take it easy. Follow us on the Break Room H O U on Twitter, the Breakroom.podcast on Instagram, me on Twitter at the dot the last underscore king on Twitter, and my boy Evan at Evan Schumar TV. And everybody hug your mama, give her a kiss this week. Facts. Do that. Gotta show love to mama. Show love to mama, man. So take it easy, man. We'll see you next time. Stay away from you too long Even if I do, I'll always call Checking on you, 